Come on, Billy. Here you go. He's got, he's got a, if you guys hear it, he's got a um, timer. And so if it goes off, that means he's done, right? Isn't that what you were saying? <laughs> a timer and a watch. That's awesome. Here you go. It's amazing how you can get around every bit of accountability, though. So, <laughs> Well, good morning. Hope you all had a great Christmas time and uh, holiday time. This morning, we're going to take a look at a topic basically that has to do with forgetting what lies behind and reaching forward to what lies ahead. And it's with Apostle Paul in Philippians, and he's really, what he's talking about is he kind of is alluding to that his life is like a race where he's got to strip off everything that's holding him back only have that which is of value in his life, which is Jesus Christ, and run the race to win the prize for the goal of the upward call of God in Christ Jesus. And in context, what he's really talking about is things eternal, like, you know what? What matters the most is I want to be in heaven. I want to experience a resurrected body, and I want to be with the Lord in the end. And If you really read through the whole book, it also means he wants to be with the Lord now in present day. And so the classic thing, you're too heavenly minded to be earthly good, is really not true. Because when you get really heavenly minded, according to the way it's kind of laid out in God's word, it'll help us to be earthly good. Uh, So anyways, that's what we're going to be looking at this morning. And as we ended Corinthians... In the last chapter, Chris one of the, was talking about uh, one of the things where Paul said that Paul wanted us to become complete. So it's the end of the year. We all want to become complete and uh, you know, move forward and be where we're supposed to be at in the Lord and in life. Another thing that we talked about the last couple messages with Chris over the two Christmas messages was about having the joy of the Lord. And he used, he referred to... Romans, where Paul says, living is not just eating and drinking. I can put on my boots for that way I said that. (laughs) It's righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Spirit. And so when we look at this section of scripture, we need to remember what Paul wrote previous to what we're going to look at. And what he basically said was, I've assessed the value of everything I've done successfully And I consider it as dung. It's not of value in comparison to Christ. And he also came to this full conclusion, before we read the section we're going to read, where he's basically saying, I have no confidence in my flesh. You know, my own efforts. It fails. And so his confidence was in the Lord. And important, an important thing is he actually says, I don't even have a righteousness of my own, but my righteousness is through faith in Christ. And so as we read the section we're going to read, an important thing to remember is our starting point for each day and even going into this new year, our starting point is we're forgiven. Our starting point is we are righteous because Jesus gives us the robe of righteousness, the breastplate of righteousness. He makes us right with him. And so 
Just keep that in mind because we're not going to review all that. Let's pray that God would speak to us this morning. Father, I just thank you for everyone here and pray you would bless them. I pray you would just get a hold of our hearts this morning through your word and help us to be closer to you. In Jesus' name, amen. You know, there's something that I really enjoy. It's Ancestry.com. It's life history. It's uh, having a biography of one's life. I'm not really good at it. It's like I want to hire an administrative assistant just to do it. That's kind of where I'm at. Like, can I just have someone do it for me? And even when I talk to other people in the family that haven't done it, I'm like, come on. Would you just write down your favorite color, everything about your life? Give me the life story. You know, the, the basics. You can leave out what you want, but it's like, do I really know you? What, what was your favorite pet when you were a kid? And so it's amazing how we don't have all that documented like we should. I think it's getting better for some people because of the tools we have now. But I'm not there. I'm just trying to encourage people to do it around me, and, and i got to catch up. But what's amazing is all that has to do with memories and what's behind. And interestingly, in Instagram, they have Throwback Thursday. We're on Thursday. You think about something from the past. A happy memory usually is the idea. And you throw up something, a picture that's from your past, and it's Throwback Thursday. And I know one guy I've seen who does it. He's got all these cool pictures. He always puts up surfing of his growing up as a teenager. And then they have Flashback, Flashback Friday. But all that to say, that's all about looking backward at memories and There's a really cool element to it where it can add to our lives. It can be a blessing. And a lot of times, even when we talk about doing all this, I always think a lot of times it's for other people. It's for kids and other family members. And they may not mull over it and dwell on it, but it's just that one time a year they get a chance to know who they are, what their family's like, the good, the bad, the ugly. And so it's a really good thing. But this morning, we're going to talk about where Paul says, we got to learn to forget what's behind. And so when we're, you know, you hear the thing, someone's, well, they're living in the past. Check this out. There was a couple quotes that I looked up where people would put it under their picture on Throwback Thursday when they were posting a picture. And some of them, one of them was, if we could only turn time back. And they were actually referring to a fond memory, wanting to go back. Didn't realize we were making memories. We were just having fun. Another one was, life is not measured by the number of breaths we take, but by the moments that take our breath away. This was actually like a teen magazine. Quotes. (laughs) I just Googled, and that's what came up. 100 topics. Dear past, thank you for the lessons. Dear future, I am ready. That's kind of getting more along the lines we're going. Uh, Remember when we were kids and we wanted to grow up? What were we thinking? So, you know, it's kind of a fun, cool thing. And I think it's even a godly thing because all through Scripture, God talks about remembering him, remembering what he did. And... Uh, remembering his word. There's even a scripture where it says, remember the words of our Lord Jesus Christ. It's more blessed to give than receive. But if you just take the beginning, he's saying, remember the words of our Lord Jesus Christ. David said, I will not forget your word. So 
when we think of us growing in the Lord, we, we think of things like we want to be more loving, more forgiving, more joyful, more peaceful, all these qualities that are really good and God wants to work in our life. But there are two qualities that we can grow in that can be real beneficial to our life and to the people around us. And it's how good that we are, how good are we at forgetting? You know, memories can destroy someone. Uh, Even good memories, if someone's parked on them, they don't know, they don't know how to forget it in the sense where it's not ruling their life, can have them living in the past. And so there is an art to becoming more like Jesus and being more in the center of his will in the sense of we're remembering what he wants us to remember and we're forgetting what what he wants us to forget. Uh, there's a scripture in Hebrews where, it's, where it says, and God will remember our sins no more. He will remember our sins no more. And so, if you could turn to Philippians chapter 3. And we're going to look at verse... I'm resetting the timer. I forgot to set the timer. All right. I just knocked off plenty of time. We're on track. Philippians chapter 3, verse 12... And it says, not that I have already attained or I am already perfected, but I press on, that I may lay hold of that for which Christ Jesus has laid hold of me. Brethren, I don't count myself to have apprehended, but one thing I do, forgetting these things which are behind and reaching forward to those things which are ahead, I press toward the goal for the prize of the upward call of God in Christ Jesus. When Paul says... Not that I have already attained or have already become perfect, perfected. He's basically saying, hey, you guys, I'm not perfect. I am not perfect. I'm far from perfect. And when he says I'm not perfect, he actually personally just got done saying, I'm right with God. I have the righteousness of Christ through faith. And so for us... It's good to come to the realization we're not perfect. And can we actually say, I'm not perfect, like Paul. I'm not there yet. And a lot of times when we say I'm not perfect, we don't have that foundation. We're going, but I'm right with God. I'm forgiven. He's going to make me perfect. There's an underlying foundation that Paul has before he says that, that he wants us to have. Nevertheless, It's healthy when we realize we're not perfect. It's a big burden off your shoulders. You don't have to be perfect. I don't have to be perfect. It's a blessing. And there's a healthy way to realize we're not perfect. And there's a unhealthy ways to realize we're not perfect. Some of the classics are like someone will say, well, I'm not perfect. But you know I'm all that and you ain't going to get any better. That's kind of like, really? Do you, are, are you really being humble or is that? got a lot of pride in it. And you know, all of us can fall into that trap at times. We're, we're half humble. I don't think, I don't, 
I don't think it really can happen half humble. But God wants us to come to a place where we genuinely realize I'm not perfect. And, you know, uh, when things are going well, people can look to you and give you accolades and compliments and on and on and on and on. And it can go to our head or it cannot. We can give the praise and glory to God and be thankful and stay humble. And John the Baptist was a man who was moving in ministry before Christ pointing the way. And, and people were starting to look up to him. And actually, the religious leaders started to say to John the Baptist, are you the Christ? You know, are, are you Elijah the prophet? Like, who are you? You're unreal. And basically, you know what he did? He said, I am not. And part of realizing we're not perfect is where we can say, not only am I not perfect, I am not. And you can fill in the blanks. Uh, when we're trying to help people, you get the Savior complex where we start playing Savior. We don't want to play Savior. There's one Savior. It's Jesus Christ. And so Paul kind of had it right when he said, I haven't apprehended perfection yet. There's another aspect of getting a hold of the idea of I'm not perfect. And it's where we get a hold of the idea I'm not perfect and we let it be an excuse to not change. Well, I'm not perfect. This attitude I got, it's because I'm not perfect. So get used to it. And you know, when I say this, it's not condemnation. I, we all fall into every one of these examples. Maybe some less than others. You know, everyone has their strong points and weak points. But we do want to get to a place where we realize, I'm not perfect. I'm not the Christ. I'm not God. And where we can actually have a healthy attitude about it and, and uh, move away from the unhealthy attitudes. There's a classic story Jesus told where he said there was two men praying. They came into the temple, and one said, started praying, and he actually said, I thank you, God, that I'm not like, and he was pointing to someone else who was in the uh, temple praying. I'm not like him, and he listed a whole list of sins. And then he, after he listed his sins or Supposed sins, how did he know? He actually started to go into the I thing. I give, I tithe, I sacrifice. He went into all his accolades, and he's in prayer. And Jesus said, pointed, he said, the other guy, he said, Lord, I'm not worthy even to be here. I'm not worthy. And then Jesus said, so which one do you think went away justified? And so this whole idea of not being perfect, we want to be like the humble one who says, Lord, I'm not worthy. And John the Baptist ultimately said, not only am I not the Christ, not the Elijah the prophet, I'm not worthy to unloose the sandals of Jesus Christ. And so what's really cool is as God works this in us, it's a blessing when we can just say, you know what? I'm not perfect. We're at the end of, end of a year right now. And as we go forward, one of the beautiful foundations we can have in our life is where we just take a deep breath and go, okay, I'm not perfect. And sometimes that deep breath is going, wow, I've, maybe I've let a few things go to my head this year. Maybe I need to slow down and give thanks. That was all God. Thank you, God. You did it. You know, you got me where I'm at. I'm appreciative. And slow down, and we don't want to be that guy. 
the guy in the temple praying, saying, I, I, I. And God was out of the picture. So Paul, where he has a really good example of this, is where he says, realizing his past sins, he says, For I am the least of the apostles. I'm not worthy to be called an apostle because I persecuted the church. Paul realized his past sins. He goes, when he says persecuted the church, he consented to Christians being killed. He was wrecking his relationship with God. He was just wouldn't yield to having a relationship with Jesus. And he was out wrecking other people's relationships with God to the point of having them killed. That was his past sins. But he says this. He says, but by the grace of God, I am what I am. His grace toward me was not in vain, but I labored more abundantly than they all. Yet, not I, but the grace of God that was in me. Paul had that healthy attitude of, yes, this is who I was. But now, by the grace of God, I am who I am. And it's so important to receive the grace of God, which he purchased on the cross with his blood. It was costly. So after he says, I'm not perfect, he basically says this. He says, but I press on that I may lay hold of that for which Christ Jesus has laid hold of me. And, you know, I was thinking about this whole message because it's often kind of a kickstart message. Like, forget what's behind, move forward. Like, can it be related to everything from personal life, health, work, anything? And it's all good and it all applies. But when Paul is referring to forgetting what lies behind and pressing on and moving forward... He's not talking so much about a fresh start with all the things of life. He's really talking about a fresh relationship with Jesus. And for a couple earlier in the chapter 2, he basically says, I want to know him in the power of his resurrection. I consider everything rubbish, no confidence in my flesh, my righteousness is in God. And my main goal is that I'll gain Christ, that I may know him. And so this message ultimately is about having a fresh relationship with God. And when we get caught up in condemnation about our imperfections, our eyes are on ourselves and off the Lord. When we get caught up in pride about our accomplishments and how perfect we are, you know, We got our eyes off the Lord, and we're missing out on him, on a fresh relationship we could have with him. So he goes, but I press on that I may lay hold of that for which Christ has laid hold of me. In context, when he says, for which Christ has laid hold of me, he's talking about his life previous to accepting Christ, where he was on the road to Damascus, and he's out wreaking havoc with Christians and just fighting against Jesus, fighting against believers in Jesus, And Jesus met him and knocked him off his horse, so to speak, and shone a great light and got a hold of him. And what happened was, that's what he's referring to. He's going, you know what? Jesus got a hold of my life. And you know what? I want to lay hold of what he has for me. I'm going to press on to lay hold of what God has for me in my life. And for all of us here... There's a time where Jesus got a hold of our life. We didn't get a hold of him. You know, sometimes the testimony switches what he did to what I did. And sometimes it's legitimate because God works in us. And he gets us to 
an opportunity to serve or to help or even to get to church. And we go, I got to church. And really, it was God who got us here. And it's okay to say I got to church, but it's somewhere if we get the language wrong, that's okay. But the problem is, is when we get the heart wrong and we, re- we lose sight of, no, it was really the Lord. And that's why Paul, even that scripture I read, he goes, I labor more abundantly. Well, really, not I, but Christ in me. That's what he was referring to. He was like, you know, just giving himself a check. You know, this is God doing it. And so the question this morning is, as we realize you're not perfect, have you let Christ get a hold of you? Have you let Jesus get a hold of your life? All of us in life are out laying a hold of something. We're trying to lay a hold of different things. All of us are trying to lay a hold of certain people, certain relationships. It can be marriage, friends, uh, networking, out trying to lay a hold of this, that, and the other. And you know, as Christians, we want to be directed by God in that. Not just doing our own thing. Because you've got to be careful what you lay a hold of because it may lay a hold of you and bite you or me. And we've all experienced that. We all can have a number of memories going through our head about that. But Paul says, I want to lay a hold of what Christ has for me. And one of the ways to do that is to let him lay a hold of you. Okay, I'm going to stereotype. Girls wanting to be chased. No, I want to. This is my man. Well, why are you being so hard to get? Well, I, you know, I'm going to enjoy the chase a little. He's got to chase me down a little bit. He's got to make this fun. There, there's an element, I've heard that from girls, so you can shoot me later. But there, I'm talking to kind of more in the element where I think it's healthy, not like a, a knock. Like there's some in relationships where we want someone to catch us and lay hold of us and be in our life, but we, we kind of make it difficult. Uh, and in the fun sense, in the healthy sense, where it could work for the good, where it's a healthy relationship, that's what we want to do. But with Jesus... We don't want to play games. It's like, you want, to, you want to lay a hold of my life? Here I am. I'm not playing games. I'm not going to do it next week. I'm not going to do it next year. I'm going to do it now. I'm going to do it today. You're the best thing out there. And I'm laying a hold of a lot of things that are bad. And then you get smart, get the consequence. You go, well, I'm laying a hold of a lot of things that are good. But those good things are keeping me from you. And once something replaces Jesus, it's an idol. It's not good. So Paul kind of had that all down. And going on, he says, brethren, I do not count myself to have apprehended. He's kind of referring to, again, by the way, just to let you know again, I'm not perfect. He says it again. I haven't apprehended perfection. I'm not there yet. I do not count myself to have apprehended, but one thing I do, but one thing I do, forgetting those things which are behind, reaching forward to those things that are ahead, I press toward the goal for the call of the upward call of God in Christ Jesus. But one thing I do, when he says one thing I do, I was thinking about that and I was going, in this situation, Paul knew the one thing he needed to do in a jail cell toward the end of his life, and he needed to forget what was behind. He needed to forget and move forward. And you know, it's interesting. In our lives, usually there's a myriad of things that are helpful for us to do. 
But usually the one thing, there's one thing we need to do now. And with God, a lot of times, the way he works, he'll speak on everything. But sometimes he'll just not, you know, I want you to do this one thing right now. He speaks about doing one thing. He was talking with the rich, Jesus was talking with the rich young ruler who had everything. And this guy's like, what do I need to do? You know, in a sense, to gain you, to have a relationship with you, to follow you. And Jesus said, well, there's one thing you lack. You need to go and sell what you have and give it to the poor. And people always forget the second half. It's not about doing all that. He says, and follow me. Jesus wanted to have a relationship with him, to follow him. And the reason in that story, he said, sell what you have and give to the poor, because he knew he didn't have riches. Riches had him. It was his idol. And it actually, that young man, young ruler, didn't do that. It says he left. He walked away. He couldn't do it. He made his choice. No, I'm not going to do that one thing. Uh, and the beauty of a relationship with Jesus that we have is actually that he shows us that one thing. Why didn't you tell me? Someone's like, why didn't you tell me? You've been watching me do this the whole time and you knew this would help me if I did it. It's a whole other story when you go, gosh, you told me, why didn't I listen? But Jesus always takes the time to tell us. He wants to help us. He wants us to have the best. Uh, there's another story where there's Martha and Mary, and now you've got two believers who have a relationship with Jesus. They're both, they have him. You know, it's not like there's something before Jesus. They're, they're serving him. And Mary is sitting at Jesus' feet, and Martha's getting frustrated because she's running around doing all the work. And she complains to Jesus, you know, she needs to help me. And Jesus says to Martha, Martha, Mary has chosen the better part. She's chosen what's necessary night, necessary to do right now, the one thing. She's sitting at my feet. And so even as Christians, we have said, yes, Lord, I will forsake my idols and I will follow you. And we're saved. We're not like the rich young ruler. But then we can get into the trap where we're not doing the one thing God wants. And some of it is actually pretty clear all the time. And for example... Don't neglect the gathering together of saints. We're here this morning. By God's grace, we're here. We did the one thing he wanted us to do. And those who are on, aren't, they might be doing the one thing God wants them to do. Maybe it's their slot to take a vacation. You know, their slot to reach out to some family. So, and that's okay. Because we're not in a cult under legalism. But there's the one thing, and a lot of time it's really clear about the one things are. Get to church, hang out with believers. As Chris said, you know, being in the word. God wants us in his word. He wants us in prayer. Those one things, it's more a matter about help me, Lord, do it. Help me do it, Lord. And usually when we're not, we're like Mary just running around doing a bunch of work. Or, you know, we can be off sinning. So, Paul knew what that one thing was, and in his case right now, the one thing for him was actually growing in the area of forgetting. Forgetting those things which are behind. And when Paul, in the previous chapters, talked about what's behind, he had two things that he was primarily speaking of. One was his sin, because he knew he had already persecuted the church. 
But the other one was he went through a whole list of his successes. He was on a kick where he's basically saying, you know what my problem is or was? I had a whole lot of success as a Pharisee, as a, as a, a man of God's word in the sense of uh, being a Jew and my lineage and my heritage and my genealogies. I had it all going for me and I was trusting in it. And he listed all that, his success. And he said, what I need to do is I need to forget that. And he did it. He basically came full circle back instead of saying, look at what I've done to, I'm not perfect. And so, and so for us, forgetting what's behind, as we go into this new year, as you go into a new day, how well are we doing at laying the successes at Jesus' feet? You know, casting our crowns before him, a success. Whoa, I'm so stoked that happened, and you helped me do it, and uh, got to enjoy the benefits of it, or am enjoying the benefits now. Thank you, Lord. Glory to you. Thank you, Lord. Thank you. However that works, however you play it out, the idea is our successes from the past are blessing us now instead of hurting us. And our successes from the past so subtly hurt us because we're not really moving forward in what God has for us now. Or... We're reminiscing in our mind about the glories of what we did instead of reminiscing in our mind about the glory of Jesus right now. You know, and I think you can actually do both. But I'm talking about where it's amazing how our mind just wandering. Go, okay, well, God, I thought about, I, you know, books could be written on what I thought about in the last two hours. And I, it wasn't you. It was weird. Paul was in Athens and he said, uh, he said, he was looking at all the people, and he goes, you know, these Athens, they sit around, and, and they're, they're, one of their main things they do is, all they do is they want to hear something new and talk about what's new. They were actually, uh, they would talk about the past, but in this case, he's talking about, they're always talking about something new, 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 new. And it's kind of like us now, with Facebook and Instagram and everything else and the internet, we, we can just get, our lives can just be filled with just going down the memory road lane. And sometimes that's kind of fun. And it, emotionally, you know, I might put a smile on your face or whatever. Or then we kind of skip that route, okay, enough. And then you start just everything new. You're just checking out everything new. What's new? What's new? What's, what's new? What's new? And in a sense... It can actually be where if it's at the expense of our relationship with Christ and the people in front of us, we've got to back off. And that's the art of social media management in our own lives. So, but Paul, he wanted to grow in the area of forgetting what was behind. And one of the things that helped him to forget what was behind, he had already established I've laid a hold of Christ. I've let him lay a hold of me. I want him in my life. So when you move forward, when you're forgetting what's behind, it's kind of like what's in the, in the mirror, what's in front of you. And God wants us to be present. You know what's wild about this? I was thinking, okay, how, how good am I forgetting what's behind? 
So I'm just driving the 76 all the time. Now I'm going, okay, driving. There's little whatevers with the road, you know, people on the road. I'm going, okay, so a little someone whatever, you know, you get into a little road issue. And I'm going, okay, so how quick am I to forget it? You know, like literally forget it like you don't look at them. You don't get into a stare down. Okay, so let's say you don't do that. Well, how quick am I to forget it? Am I going down the road being self-righteous about me and thinking about them for another five minutes? So I'm going, I'm going, you know, God wants us to forget what's behind and go forward. And I'm getting down to the nitty-gritty right now. Our life can be more blessed when we just put it behind right away. There's so many little things in the home, in friendships, in family, at work, where the better we get saying, okay, it's done, it's behind, and move forward. And I'm talking a lot in our heart before we even say it with our mouth. It's freeing. So I was like, I had this situation where it was, it was nothing. It's mostly in my head. But I was like, no, I'm not even looking in the mirror. I'm going to go forward. And I was like, this is all in you know seconds. I'm like, yes. And then there was a big Mack truck, and I was like at a complete stop. <laughs> and you know... Sometimes when we're like, okay, I'm going to forget what lies behind and move forward. Sometimes it's slow. Sometimes there's roadblocks. Sometimes there's problems. That's what it reminded me of. It's like, okay, well, I'm moving forward. I'm moving forward. Relax. So anyways, the cool thing about the things we're talking about, like growing and forgetting what's behind and the things we do remember having them in their proper perspective or they're not ruling our life now is this is something God helps us with. We're not alone in this. It's not something we're supposed to do on our own, like a tip for life. So there's something called selective memory. And I was thinking about selective memory where In a sense, in a way, God wants us to have selective memory as far as what we remember and what we don't remember. But selective memory can be really detrimental to our lives. The children of Israel, God brought them out of Egypt, and he wanted them to go forward to the promised land, a few days' journey. They got stuck in the desert 40 years wandering in circles. And there's a line where they basically say they're out there, And they say, we remember the fish we ate freely in Egypt, the cucumbers, the melons, the leeks, the onions, and the garlics. They go, we remember what Egypt was like. And all that's true. There was free fish. There was food. They make it sound like it was an all-inclusive vacation on the Nile. That's the way they're describing it. Selective memory, they were slaves. Free fish for the slaves. And, you know, it's called deception. Sometimes selective memory is, I mean, it's kind of like real. Like, you really forget about where it wasn't good. And that's how the devil works. He gets in and gets us thinking about the past and forgetting the emptiness, the consequences, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And so... There's another scripture where God kind of describes it. He says, but my people would not listen to me. They kept doing whatever they wanted. Following the stubborn desires of their evil hearts, they went backward and not forward. So when we want to go forward with the Lord and forget what's behind, 
not go backward. Quit reminiscing about sin and fun times where it's something God wants you to put behind. You can reminisce about fun times, but I think the sin God wants us to move away from other than to say it wasn't worth it. Uh, Jesus himself, and speaking of going backward and not forward, he said, remember Lot's wife. And all the people he talked to knew that story. Lot's wife, the story is pretty basic. God was going to judge the city, and he told Lot and his wife to get out before it got destroyed. And he said, don't look back. Or the angel said, don't look back. And as they were fleeing the city, and it was literally getting destroyed, she looked back and turned to a pillar of salt. Her life was over because she looked back. But Jesus himself, on this topic of looking back and remembering things we shouldn't, he says, remember Lot's wife. Come on, don't do it. He goes on to say, he who seeks to save his life will lose it, and he who seeks to lose his life for my sake will find it. When he, seek, when he says he who seeks to save his life... We kind of think, well, my life, it's a good thing. He's talking about our life in the sense of an ungodly, rebellious life where we're selfish, sinning, and doing our own thing. He's talking about why are you trying to save that life? That's what he's talking about. If you lose that, you'll find life, true life, good life, life abundant, life eternal. And so <laughs> we got to move on. Uh, You know, we're not kind of going down this road right now, like a can of worms, you open it up. But there's people who, that was a pause, I'm holding myself accountable. There's people who have traumatic things in the past that, you know, where they were a victim or maybe they weren't a victim, but it was so traumatic. You know, PTSD with the men and women who serve our country and they struggle with forgetting things God would actually want them to forget. And let me clarify again when I say forget. Forget does not mean you don't remember. It means it's not ruling your life now. It's not holding you back from going forward. It's not causing you to sin. And for each of us as Christians... Some more than others. There may be things where God's saying, come on, man. I know you went forward to get prayer. That you could just receive healing and go forward. And that's good. That's the beginning. But whatever the time is you need to put in to put it behind you, it's worth it. And I don't mean going down an ungodly road. But I mean time personally with the Lord. He is into healing people who have been victims. People who have been through traumatic things. He's into them having a fresh life, a new start, a life that's not over. He's into it. I don't know how he does it when it's beyond description what some people have been through. But God can do it. And so uh, I read this one story of, uh, in the Civil War. General Lee was part of the Confederate Army. It was a bad side. And all the beautiful... Uh, plantations and stuff in the south there was a there was a home in kentucky where this woman had just a beautiful property beautiful big trees and when the war was going on the artillery from the yankees 
destroyed a bunch of her uh, trees, but there was one where it was still there. All the branches were gone, and, and she was generally had visited her property. He said, she's going, look what they did to my tree. Look at it. Look at this tree. It was beautiful. They came in, and, and she was, more than the tree, she was rambling about the past and being a victim. And then she said to generally said, what, what do you, man, what do you think I should do? And this, this is a true story. You can, you know, Google it. He said, cut it down, ma'am, and forget it. Cut it down. And, you know, in our life, there's things we need to just cut it down and forget it. And, again, I don't say that like we do it in our own strength. Like, it's something we do with the Lord. If there's something we need to cut it down and forget it, Jesus is into laying the axe at the root of the trees when it's not good. He's uh, into uprooting the roots of bitterness and all that. He does it. So we've got to move on to close this up. What's amazing is when there are such traumatic things that people go through, we get ripped off just kind of being pestered by things that God wants us to forget and move forward and we don't. It's just a waste of life, a waste of a day, a waste of time. Uh, When he says, and reaching forward to those things which are ahead, he is talking about heaven in a resurrected body, if you read on further. He says, I'm into reaching, forgetting what lies behind and reaching forward to those things which are ahead to the upward call of God in Christ Jesus. But you know, when he says those things which are ahead, the thing that is actually right ahead first and foremost is usually the people around you now, today. And sometimes people, you get so focused on, oh, I'm moving ahead toward the upward call of God in Christ Jesus. And yes, there is a looking at that, the heaven, the all God has for us. But when we really let God work in us, this whole thing that's really popular now of being present, you know, which we all struggle with, that's what God does. When we are forgetting what lies behind and reaching forward to what's ahead, What's ahead is usually right in front of us. Lord, help me to be present today with the people I'm with. You know, and God does that. It's beautiful. It's unreal. But we have to forget what lies behind. Well, we spent time with them, and it's like, are you there? Oh, I was just, I was just thinking. There's a time that's okay, and there's a time it's not. Come on, you're missing out. You're missing out right now. So. I want to close on a story. How many of you saw the Grinch cartoon? The Grinch. I, my niece said, Bill, you got to watch the Grinch. She, it's a good movie. It has a good story at the end. But you know what stuck out to me with the Grinch? The Grinch stole Christmas. And this is the cartoon one. It's pure cartoon. And he does this whole number. And when he's doing his number and wreaking havoc like Paul, he runs into little Cindy Lou who, who shows him kindness. And it kind of, tweaks his little rampage but ultimately after he steals christmas including her tree her toys everything else he has a change of heart and he returns it all 
And then he goes back, back on his hill all alone after he messed with everyone. And what was really cool was that all of a sudden, this little girl goes way up the mountain, the snow of the mountain, knocks on his door. And he, he opens up and she says, who's there? She says, Cindy, Cindy Lou, Cindy Lou who? And he opens up and she goes, I want you to come to dinner. And he basically says, he says, but I stole Christmas. And then he's, she says, yeah, I know. And then he says something else like they did it wrong, realizing he wasn't perfect. And she goes, yeah. So you got this girl who was wronged. She has not forgotten actually what happened. She hasn't forgotten what happened. It just happened. He took all her toys. And basically what she says to him, which stuck out to me, what she said after he said, I did this to you. And granted, in this case, he repented. She said, yeah, I know. Yeah, I know. By the way, dinner's at six. Be there. And so when we want to move forward with people and forgive them, and how quick are we to forget? How quick can we get to a place where we go, yeah, I know. You want to enjoy the rest of the meal? Yeah, I know. But we're going to, we still got the rest of the day ahead of us. We could have a good time. It, that's something God can work at us. And granted, if you're really good at it, some people are really quick at it. They're good at it. They can just kind of put behind the little hiccups and move forward. Others aren't. Well, if you aren't, God can bring you where you are. If you are, stay humble. You might get to a place where you go, oh, I'm always really cool and quick to move forward. And man, I just ruined the whole weekend, you know. So as we close this, Paul said, not that I've apprehended or attained. And we want to make that personal. Where we get to a place and say, Lord, I haven't become perfect. Lord, I want to lay hold of what you have for me. Lord, I want to forget what lies behind. I want to reach forward. Lord, help me. I want to press toward the goal of the upward call of God in Christ Jesus. And that's something God can do in our heart where we make it personal. And so let's pray. Father, thank you. You're faithful to complete the work you started in us.